you would be with with strictly in a libertarian sense would be it would be okay for you to beat your dog because mm -hmm. it's it's property but we all recognize that as really wrong and you should not do that john wick makes a lot of sense libertarianism if i'm even a libertarian i don't even know anymore um i'm just a dude that is trying to try to do it the best i can you know right but i definitely came from the right conservative army vet all that thing and i was all hoorah let's turn shit into glass and do all that and then after i got out of the army i'm like that was a bad idea <laughs> yeah i came i came from the right too um i never joined the military or anything um but I think I had a very similar mindset as you probably did. Um, so I get like, as I, as I get a little older and start, you know, figuring stuff out and going down these rabbit holes and everything, it's like, well, I don't want to abandon that conservative mindset that I had necessarily. There's a lot of things that are good in there. It's just, you don't want the state enforcing these ideas. I think that's where that gets messed up. Yeah. Right. And I, I think a lot, there's so many libertarians and people that they figure out libertarianism and they associate a lot of these ideas, whatever norms, cultural or uh, conservative, liberal, whatever, all these people always want to enforce it with government. And so they just autumn, anytime these ideals get brought up, they just associate that with, you know, government force. And so they reject not only the government force, but also the ideas that come with it. And so I think people start to use the non-aggression principle and libertarianism as kind of this way to lead the good life where it's like, really, really it's just that's the basic for how not to interact with someone. Yeah, it's also, you know, like you, you said, you mentioned as you get older and like I hit 40 this year. And so I'm a lot less angry. I'm a little bit more mellow and mm -hmm. um I've done a couple shows with Shane Hazel and uh, he's the same way. He's like, because the older I get, he goes, I went from Marine force recon to now I'm kind of just an, an hippie <laughs> and just want to, <laughs> just want everybody to chill out. I'm like, yeah, I feel that. I think, you know, some libertarians I think make the same mistake as the left and the right do is that they make, because libertarian is a political ideology for the most part. Mm -hmm. And they make it a lifestyle just like the other two parties that they criticize. And I think that's a mistake as well. Cause to me, libertarianism, a, I guess on one hand, it's a economic philosophy. Um, right. But then on the other hand, it's a political philosophy of how the state should interact with people. And yeah. And it's a baseline and right. Your whole life can't be about that. Mm -hmm. And, and another mistake I think a lot of libertarians make, which is just a general mistake. And a lot of these things that we're talking about mistakes libertarians make, like you just said, it's mistakes everyone makes. Yeah, um, I did. So yeah, and, and, and whether it's a libertarian or concert, whatever you are, it's, these are just like normal human mistakes. So we're not necessarily trying to like wag our fingers at libertarians. It's, it's stuff that we all do because we're all humans. Right. But I think one of the big problems is, and this is just like a, such a poisonous mindset, is the reactionaryism. Mm -hmm. Is it people, I think a lot of people approach libertarianism as just hating the state, being anti-state, but that's 
not what it should be. It should be va- valuing individual sovereignty, mm-hmm. um, being against aggression, right? Self ownership. Yeah. And so from those ideas, everything else kind of can manifest itself. Like from that single, like doing a, you know, from a Misesian thing, it's the action axiom, humans act. Mm-hmm. That's really where this all comes from. Um, but when you have this mindset of you're just reacting to what your enemies do, now your, your ideology, you're a slave to them. Because if you just say, well, I just hate the state and whatever the state does, well, so you, you're only, you, it's like a game of ping pong ball mm-hmm. or you're, you're just doing whatever they're sending at you. You're just doing the opposite. So even if it, let's say the state actually does something good or does just whatever it is and you just, well, I hate the state. So therefore I'm against that. It's like, well, I mean, the state's really evil and it's really bad. So you're probably going to be right a lot of times, but you're going to be right for the wrong reasons. And so when you're actually presented with something where you have to think through these ideas or it's not as obvious uh, what the problems are, then you're going to wind up in a bad spot. Like I've seen even like I've been going on, uh, going on about this idea that libertarians think that, oh, if we just, we could just grow our own food and, um, uh, with all the, the lockdowns and coronavirus nonsense, farms have been having a difficult time with uh, getting their stuff out. And so you see these reactions or the, these, these uh, coping, mechan- not coping mechanisms, but they find another way. They're like start selling directly to people. And like, right, oh, wow, this, is, this is so, yeah, this is so great. Look at these, uh, these farms are just selling directly to the, to the consumers or cutting mm-hmm. out the middleman. That's great. And it's like, well, regardless they're of their ass doing that right now because yeah, exactly. they're, they're not set up for it they're not their price structure isn't set up for it it's, yes yeah because you got you and you and slappy talked about this a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. yeah it's good that they found a way to you know unload some of their their produce and everything but mm-hmm. there's a reason why they weren't doing that before and you could say well they were set up this this way with be you know having a centralized farm with their distrib- distribution and then it goes to food market so that's because of state interaction okay maybe so and you know the, the state messes up a lot of things but like there's so much capital and resources and time and effort and everything else that goes in that production the way that was set up and so to pull the rug out from under them right is really bad for humanity because your business just, model's not set up for that yes and so by that by them just being like well we have to figure out a way to sell some of this produce somehow mm-hmm. they're destroying a lot of resources um, by no fault of their own no it's just the way everything worked out so it's not it, it would be like getting into a car accident and you lose your left leg, but your right leg's healthy. And like you celebrate, wow, look, I still have my right leg. That's, that's really great. It's like, well, yeah, that's good. But it's kind of weird that you're not commenting on the fact that you lost your left leg. Right. Um, the way, the way I see it, it's like they're taking a terrible hit and there's a lot of farms. The, the, a lot of people don't understand how thin the margins are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that are growing their own food, you know, if they do have an excess, try going to a farmer's market and selling, you know, set up, set up a booth, you know, you'll see that you're going to, you almost have to be doing it for fun. <laughs> oh yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I've got a big garden 
Yeah. And I love growing stuff. And it's, it's, a, I, like, I absolutely, um, I think it's a very rewarding hobby. It it's is. a hobby. <laughs> it is a hobby. Um, I, I, you know, I made my own beer for a long time and I wasn't saving money, but the way I figured is that I was getting really high quality beer for the same, at least the same, but it was mine, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, and, there's all uh, sorts of reasons to do this stuff, but I just hesitate to, I think libertarians tend to want to assign it as well. We're, whatever they're doing, whatever hobby they have, it's like defeating this, working to defeat the state. It's like, well, sometimes just do things that you like to do. Have, yeah. Like, enjoy life. Yeah. It's like, it, it's worth it for you. Um, Jack Spearco, cause you know, this whole, like there's a real big rise in agorism mm-hmm. or people talking about becoming agorism. Um, a lot of people jumping the ANCAP, you know, just switching labels really. And it's like, geez, libertarianism has more pronouns than, you know, the SJWs do. Um, so I think, yeah, I forget who made the meme, but it was like, listening to a libertarian podcast and this ANCAP is listing has been listing his pronouns for the last two minutes. We're like, just shut up, Jeff. We don't want to hear the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're talking about that's how you starve the beast and like all this stuff. I'm like, well, when the beast can print its own money, right. yeah. it's really kind of irrelevant. And then Jack Spirico, which is kind of just laid it out. He's like, look, maybe it doesn't make sense for in certain situations to work outside of the system in some places it does. So if it does for you and it makes your life better, then that's what you need to do. He's like, you need to, you know, if would, instead of saying we're going to starve the beast, he goes, which will never work. He's like, focus on making your life and the lives of the people around you in your community better. Yes. Because what really will diminish the power of the state is a strong community. Mm-hmm. If you can build community and you can rely on each other, and then you re- and then in turn rely less on the state, that's what you know. What does it? You're like, yeah, we have to do, and and this is why I think a lot of people. And tying it back to the where I brought up the farm stuff is that pe- mm-hmm. a lot of libertarians they're just reactionary to whatever the state does bad, whatever happens in the market, good. So they don't recognize that destruction of, of wealth by mm-hmm. that, uh, by, by those, uh, uh, supply chains getting messed up. So yeah, in this case, like you have to do an economic calculation. You have to figure this stuff out. Maybe working in the black market under the table, not paying a ta- taxes is better for you. And, and you can get, there's a little bit of a premium for, you know, if you get caught, so maybe, you know, maybe that all works out. You decide, you know, this is, this is the best thing for me to do. Maybe working, may, working in the white market. Certainly for me, I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I am way more profitable working in the white markets than I am doing anything else. Yeah, that's that's how same I for me. Div- yeah, I, it's, it's the division of labor. You specialize and you do something good. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is that um, we're libertarians and hopefully we have hope for overcoming and defeating the state at some point. I don't know when that's going to be because capitalism, free markets, we expect that to outstrip the state. Mm-hmm. Like if, if the state was more powerful than the ability for capitalism and free markets to work, then why, why even bother? Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is you want to maximize your profitability so that you can save and accumulate your excess wealth to develop capital and that capital with the other interactions with other savers and people uh, 
saving saving up for capital advancements, produce the things that create the technology that start making the state obsolete. Mm-hmm. So we saw that thing was like Uber and Lyft. That was a great example that overcame the uh, the, the the taxi cartel, mm-hmm. and it was without. It was just by capitalism producing a better product than than what the government sponsored fascist taxi medallion thing thing could do um we're right. seeing that with like 3d printed guns now mm-hmm. like that happens 3d printers emerge because it's not because people are doing subsistence farming and <laughs> like 3d printers pop like they there's a plant that grew one day what's that and a 3d printer you know came off the plant it's because people saved their excess wealth and started developing these technologies and now because of 3d printed 3d printers we're like right at the edge of gun control being made obsolete. Mm-hmm. And that only happens by division of labor, specialization, you know, maximizing your wealth, saving and producing capital. And then like the biggest thing that we have going for us, in my opinion, is Bitcoin that actually is attacking the, the you said, you know, we don't starve the beast by, you know, growing a couple cucumbers and throwing them at the White House or something. <laughs> they, have a, they have a money printing machine. Right. So Bitcoin has the ability to just make the Federal Reserve and their whole system of fiat money obsolete. And if right. they don't have that power anymore, how do they get all the money, all the control, all the wealth that they have now? Because they just have the ability to add new money to the supply. I mean, right. so there, there are like, I, I'm critical because all these things I just said too, it's agorism. So I, I support agorism. I just think agorists, some of them get a, get the wrong idea sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like you see, I don't really read much Hoppe, but I've talked to people who have, and it seems like just like with Konkin, they take it to a conclusion that it was not meant to go to. Um, I, yeah, I, I hop, hop is an interesting case. Um, I've only read one of his books, democracy, the God that failed. Mm-hmm. And that's an absolute brilliant book. And there's like one or two lines in there that the, uh, the so-called hoppians took, and you can actually debunk those one or two lines from the rest of the book that Hopper right. wrote. It's kind of like Romans and they, 13 and the statist. <laughs> yeah. They, they kind of, like yeah, they take 12? that. <laughs> Right. They, they take that, those couple of lines where it's like, well, maybe for immigration stuff, you want to run the, the government like a, uh, like you would a, a private property owner would. So there might be an incentive to, you know, whatever. And they say, oh, that, this means we can, you know, seal up borders and that's very libertarian and blah, 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 enforce all this crazy draconian stuff. But um, like a page or two before that, he says like, good luck trying to, uh, you know, make the state do what you want it to do. Right. Right. But, um, but like Hoppe's ideas in there, what I think is very powerful and really helps me, uh, and this is why I start, I want to read more of Hoppe, because a lot of that book is kind of explaining how a libertarian society might work, um, and that the, the great point that he makes is that, okay, we have this libertarian social order, um, how is society going? How are cultures going to going to start to emerge? How are societies going to start to organize? And he makes he says that well, you're going to have people that live fulfilled lives, um, and they're going to the people that are the most productive, living the most fulfilled lives. People that are really having the low, lowest time preference, 
they're going to accumulate the most wealth, accumulate the most happiness, and it's going to make ev- everyone else kind of be like, well, wait, what's this guy doing? Mm-hmm. Why is he living? Why does this guy always have a smile on his face? Why does he have a, you know, a nice family? He's got you know, nice things. He's not ever like, worried about money. It looks like he's you know, pretty like, what's, what's he doing? And what can I do to, to be like him? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's how you start getting better cultures is by, but, but you need something to tie back into that, that tweet I had, like, what is that thing? Like, what do we, how do we guide ourselves um, to be that guy that's that leader in the community? Yeah, that everyone you, wants can't, to be like. you can't live your life just being against something. You know, what are you for? Um, you hear all the people like, I would give my life for this or I would die for this. And it's like, that's great. But what would, do, what would you live for? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, dying for something, that's a one-time thing. Living for something is a daily choice. You know, you're like, well, what are you for? And people are like, well, I'm for this and this and this. I'm like, that's great. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good talking point. You know, good, all good things, you know, whatever. But how does that work? Like what in your life and your daily interactions and even when you're by yourself, like what are you about and I think that's, you know, myself included, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming back to, to Christianity and faith. I, mean, I never really left. I never stopped believing in it, but it's just more, you know, um, I've had a couple, two shows now and it's going to be like a monthly reoccurring show with, um, that pastor, uh, Stephen White mm-hmm. from, uh, from Iowa. And, um, we're just kind of going through that stuff. And, uh, nice that first the first episode was kind of talking about how voluntarism is uh, more in line with Christianity than any other political philosophy because you know whole free will um, kind of sounds like voluntarism to me <laughs> you know yeah it's I think a lot of people um, and I know Tom Woods talks about this a lot but a lot of our western civilization what we have today is it's thanks to judeo-christian values mm-hmm. and so for people to just kind of like reject that but like still like the, the, the society they live in this world that has like certain like property rights and, and all these things. It's like, well, I mean, it, it's like saying, uh, Oh, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone, any, any help to build this house. Meanwhile, use like all this, you know, heavy duty equipment that someone else like made for you and being like, Oh, I did this all by myself. It's like, yeah, well you did it with a lot of helpful tools. Like you brought it, to its conclusion and, and you did a good job not taking away from you building the house, but like maybe have a little bit of humility and understand, you know, that you didn't, you, you didn't have a Robinson Crusoe situation <laughs> with developing this stuff. But I'm, I'm also kind of in a similar boat. Um, in the last, I don't know when it started, but, uh, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic, which just means that, you know, I was born, my family was Catholic. I got baptized, grew up mm-hmm. in Catholicism, stayed with the church throughout all my life. But over the last couple of years, especially as I've been digging into, you know, libertarianism, starting to see how these all, all these different ideas, libertarianism, my Catholicism, they kind of go to one area direction, or, or at least they all fit, fit together well. Mm-hmm. And then um, actually talking to uh, some of like the Bitcoin people started talking to some of the more hardcore Catholics there and leading me to like really start uh, digging deeper into that kind of stuff. And within the last couple months, really like uh, almost like a conversion experience, if that makes like you're already, I'm already a Catholic, but I just had a conversion within Catholicism. 
but yeah, it's really interesting and it really helps, uh, makes you feel better about life. Mm-hmm. When you actually yeah, have it's like something a like a light bulb like, moment kind of. Yeah, there's like regimen and like why your church or my church, they tell you to do certain things. It might seem like, oh, this is just them being, you know, trying to control you. It's like, well, maybe some of these like this personal morality stuff is uh, actually like makes you live a better life. It's It's really like, to borrow from Hoppe again, this is why this is all so fantastic. It makes so much sense. <laughs> it lowers your, it's like time preference lowering things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, this might stink that I have to um, like not indulge in whatever, you know, uh, instant gratification I want to right now because the church teaches me that sinful behavior, but like is take a step back and be like, all right, well, if I deny myself that thing right now, it leads to a better, more fulfilling life later on. Right. It's like, I really want to, you know, you could put it even into secular terms. Like I really want to buy this right now. Mm-hmm. But if I wait, I hear it. Cause I, I used to work in the firearms industry. So I had people talk, you know, ask me all the time, like, well, what do you recommend? And I'll recommend something. And they're like, Oh, well, I was just going to buy this. And I'm like, yeah, but if you wait and you save up like 200 more bucks, you could get into like a whole nother realm of quality and something that's going to last you your entire life. And you'll be a lot happier with it. Right. And then sometimes they do, and it's true. They're like, man, I'm glad I waited because this is a lot more enjoyable and it works. And Or they don't, and they're like, man, I hate this piece of crap. And I'm like, I'll try to tell you, you know, it's the buy once, cry once thing. And I was like, now you're going to want to get the thing that I recommended in the first place, and you're going to spend, you know, three times the money because you had bought it and all that thing. Um yeah, it's that time preference. It's it's like a a, a saving account for time <laughs> mm-hmm. and energy, um, and a lot of those things that the church um, or you know just in faith in general, is, you know, label something as sinful. It's not like oh, they just don't want us to have any fun. And it's like no, there's just certain things, and you know, we know because we've gone down the wrong road that it's just it it doesn't pay off it's very costly and you get nothing for it. Um, it's like negative interest. Yeah. I mean, well, here's, here's a, a, a good example for something. Um, and just also as an aside, um, in case someone doesn't understand, cause they're, they're out of, I don't, I mean, anyone, any libertarian audience has people that, um, have, aren't big fans of religion, especially the Catholic church. When I say that, like, there's certain like submission to the church is that it's like to the ideology. I understand that there are problems in the Catholic church and I'm actually very critical of the current Catholic church, uh, especially uh, the second Vatican council and mm-hmm. all the stuff that's emerged from that. Um, I did an episode a little while ago with a uh, zero knowledge actor about uh, kind of Catholicism and Bitcoin libertarianism all tied in. We kind of touched a lot of that of how, how the church is currently getting like, looks like getting destroyed from the inside a little bit. Um, so there's a, there's a major battle that. Which would be the first time that happened. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's been happening its entire existence because, Hey, we're humans and we are, we're not God. So we we make mistakes and we, and we're, uh, our incentives can get messed up. Um, I just threw myself off. Oh, oh. So good example of, um, like, you know, like the, uh, the only fans thing. I've heard about it. Yeah, uh, it's it's like you can go and and create an account and basically create your own pornography that you can uh, get people to subscribe to your stuff. 
And um, with all the lockdowns and stuff and people aren't having a, you know, difficult time finding work. And, you know, there's like 18, 19 year old girls going and creating accounts and, you know, getting naked on the camera. And it's like, oh, wow, this is what a great product of the free market that they're getting paid now and, and doing this and supporting themselves. And it's like, all right, you're an idiot 18 year old. What happens five, 10 years down the line when you're getting married and having kids and, you know, you really going to like look back and be like, that was a great, you know, thing for me to do. Or I remember this was a little while ago. I remember there was some girl um, that was getting promoted by a lot of libertarians because she was having a hard time paying for college. And so she started doing pornography. And I, I think she started speaking out against rising college costs. Or, so like she was tangentially kind of related to libertarianism with some of the stuff she was going at. And she just got like paraded around all over the place. And I'm like, ah. You know, again, live and let live. We're libertarians. I'm not. I'm right. not going to put a gun to your head to make you not do this stuff. But it's like, ugh. I will try to talk you out of it. <laughs> yeah, this isn't good. It's like I, this is not the kind of thing. And she, like, I, I was going to Liberty Fest in Brooklyn, and she was like one of the keynote speakers. I'm like, I'm not going to go. I don't want to listen to her talk. And because yeah. it, it's not like if I had a daughter, this isn't someone that I want to say like, oh look, you know, you can go get naked on a computer screen. And it's going to be there forever for everyone, but you can make money and support yourself. So that's great. But that's like this kind of high time preference idea that like you're mortgaging the future in such a huge way. I mean, imagine it's like just trying to get a job later on. And if someone like figures out who you are, especially if you're like with, you know, want to be a teacher or something related to kids. And now you can Google your name or, or figure it out and they can find pictures of you naked all over the place like that's not good and you can no. sit there and 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 talk about well you know it's free to they shouldn't do that but we live in a world where there are certain realities and that's one of the realities like just be really really careful with these decisions that you're making and try to instill in your kids and people around you that you know you may be able to make a buck doing this but you're going to be really disappointed some years down the line when it comes back to bite you there's actually, yeah. I forget her name, but she was um, a libertarian that I think she did a little bit of a situation happened to her. She was in a bad spot, needed a lot of money and got convinced to, to do a little bit of, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And it kind of came out later on in life, even though, it, you know, she moved past it. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, didn't like that she did it or whatever. You know, people make mistakes. I'm not saying that like you have to wear the scarlet letter for the rest of your life. Again, going back into the Christian thing, we're all sinners. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would hate for someone to, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be like, you are, a, you know, a, an unforgivable person for doing this. You, you know, you can never be redeemed, you know. Yeah, that's antithetical Christian my, message. <laughs> yeah, I would never want all of my transgressions, what I've done in the past or what I will do in the future laid out. So it's, you know. Yeah, that conversation is going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm just trying to help people be like, hey, look. There are certain things, like if you had a strong Christian background and you're an 18 year old girl, 19 year old girl, and you need some money, maybe that foundation prevents you from making that mistake. Yeah. You, you see it all over how and why, you know, why are morals important? Um, and I think it's just a lot of that, it's there just to prevent, you know, pain, suffering, embarrassment later on or, you know, in the moment. You know, and not here's the difference. 
especially, you know, a lot of people that will have problems with church and, you know, as you know, a Christian, um, I grew up Baptist. So I have a lot of problem with, you know, it's like Southern Baptist convention because they want to use the power of the state to enforce morality, which I think is wrong. I think morality is between you and your creator, whoever that, you know, whatever that is, you know, and like the church that has certain, you know, guidelines or things like that for you to do, to not do the, the difference between that and the state is that, you know, well, it wasn't always this way, but it is now is that the church isn't going to throw you in a box. The church isn't going to send someone with a gun, you know, to tell you or to enforce it. Right. You have, you have the freedom to leave. Um, and I, I forget where I was going with. <laughs> no, I mean, these, these are kind of tough issues because they are so emotionally charged and there's all sorts of mistakes that have been made by people um, in churches trying to do stuff. And even just the, the general understanding of certain things. Um, I think anyone who belongs to any certain group, um, outsiders never get your belief system right, no matter what it is. And I think libertarians should be <laughs> especially uh, – sensitive to that because how many times do we have to say no i don't hate poor people uh no i, am poor. I don't want yeah <laughs> i am poor people well yeah i don't want this you know i know i do want to drive on roads no i don't want murder all over the place um so you know maybe maybe when when someone who has a religious beliefs says no this is why i believe this say okay i accept your reason why you believe something or when you say you believe something, what it is. Now you can talk about why you disagree with it, but it's kind of nice and helpful to not uh, assume some sort of nasty uh, motivation. But uh, yeah, to your point about you know what is what is the purpose of morality, and I think you I think you got it you got you got it right. It's how do you how do you live a fulfilled life, mm-hmm. and how do you I mean, I, I want to, as a, as a Christian, as a Catholic, I want to help other people. I mean, what's the goal? As, as a Catholic, my goal is to achieve salvation, is to get to heaven. And I believe I have to act a certain way here on this earth. And um, I also want to help my fellow man do that. Mm-hmm. I also want to help you, know, you and, and anybody else get to heaven, um, no matter who that is. Uh, you know, uh, I, I actually hope that Hitler made it to heaven somehow. I don't wish damnation on anyone. It's no. it's like the the idea of it is is really bad. And no matter how bad you are as a human being, I hope that you have some sort of thing that you did to help, you know, help yourself get redeemed from that and and not be eternally damned. Um, so with that, you know, we use liber- like libertarianism is a great tool for that because we're we're at least helping people. And trying to create a society where we're not doing everything through theft and violence. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big thing. But like we were saying earlier, it doesn't really uh, – Tom Woods uh, made a comment one time. He goes, you know, for libertarians that want to have that be their kind of their lifestyle, being a libertarian, the non-aggression principle, imagine being at the end of your life and, and you reflect on everything and you say, well, I never committed violence against anybody. That doesn't sound like a very fulfilled life. Like you didn't actually do anything. It's like a congratulations. You achieved the minimum. Right. So it's like, what did you do to make the world a better place? Um, and so I think that's like a very, like that's why religion can be important because that helps us instead of just doing that minimum of how to interact with people, which is what libertarian 
libertarianism helps us to understand. It kind of just sets the ground rules. But what are we doing? Like, what's that motive? What gets us out of bed in the morning? What drives us? And I think a lot of people, even though they don't recognize it, they have something there that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's their family. Maybe it's their kids or what, you know, a spouse or something. Um, but like, what is that? And, and what, is a good, what is a good philosophy to have to really make sure that when we're presented with um, a tough decision that we can get through it? And so that's, that's why I think it's really important to, to really develop that morality. Mm-hmm. Um, or, for me- yeah, you could, or yeah. you could even say principles. Yeah, sure. Yep. You know, there's the, the kind of one and the same to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have or don't know what your principles are, or if you don't have any, like you said, it's just all reactionary. Yep. You know, you sit, you know, people make fun of it. You know, some people's default is orange man bad. Whatever it is, they're against that. The joke is like if Trump cured cancer, there would be a headline saying that he put million, you know, thousands of doctors out of work. Right. Well, I mean, just look at North, look what he did with North Korea. Like we're libertarians. We don't like Trump at all. We think he's an awful man, but what he did with North Korea with those relationships are absolutely amazing. And he deserves Mm -hmm. a lot of good credit for that. And it's like like what you were saying. It's like, Oh, the state is like, no, that's what you do. Like you see a cop, like save somebody like that, that do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's what you should. That's, that's the job, you Mm know, Um, or you see him, you know, beat up, beat up some person. You're like, mm, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, w- w- why we want to develop good moralities, good principles is that, you know, if we have, if you have, if you have kids, part of your job as a parent, as a Christian is to help, help make sure that they also achieve salvation and put them on a great, on, on a best path, the best path for that. There's always so much you can do. Because, you know, they're, they're going to become adults and they're going to, you know, they're going to make their own decisions. But why wouldn't you want to create a society that, like, everyone around them also helps them mm-hmm. achieve their salvation? So you want to live in a neighborhood. You want to create a community. You want to live in a neighborhood where um, those around you make good decisions. Like, back when we had a, a Zero Knowledge actor on the podcast, when he was talking about it's kind of making good communities, good, strong communities is that it's like if you have to leave your house for a little bit you want to be able to to knock on your neighbor's door and say hey can i i gotta run to the store can i drop my kids off here for a half hour mm-hmm. and you want to be able to trust that they're not going to have something disgusting or nasty on the tv or that your kids aren't going to see him hit his wife or something mm-hmm. you want to have them have the same morals as you so that um your kids are living in a good environment like i think it's a shame you know how it's like oh it takes a uh, like who was it some some nasty leftist politician said like oh yeah the community your your community raises your kids uh hillary clinton and so it's yeah it was it takes it, a village yeah which like, i think, the problem I think is, she got that from Alensky. <laughs> yeah well the thing is it's like it's kind of true yeah they just now how they want to do it <sighs> Is that they have that you send your schools to an indoctrination camp, a prison, and that right. they, you know, basically program their brains. But, you know, growing up, you're a kid, you run around the neighborhood, interact with other kids, become friends. Like as a parent, you, you kind of worry about who, who your, your kids are hanging out with. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a community where you know all the parents and you know that they all have the same views as you, not that it's going to be perfect, not that you're ne- never going to have any problems, but you're setting yourself up for, for, a much better situation um, that 
you know, when your kids interact with other adults in your community, that you don't want to have to worry about them being bad role models. They're going to be good right. role models for you. So when you're not there and, and, and another adult is in charge of your kids, then you feel like they're, they're not going to be led astray. That's why, you know, public schools are so bad. That's why having a little bit of school choice and having private schools, I still think homeschooling is probably the best bet. Um, but at least in that situation, you can, you can go and, and look at these schools and kind of audit them and be like, all right, I'm okay with, I want to send my kid to this school and these adults that are going to be interacting with my kids all day are good people that I think are going to instill good values. Yeah, you hear, um, I've been on a Thomas Sowell and uh, Walter E. Williams kick lately. And, you know, listening to them talk about how they grew up, you know, especially Thomas Sowell talking about growing up in Harlem in the 40s. And he's like, you know, we never locked our doors. You know, in the summertime, we slept out on the fire escape. You know, it was safe. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew everybody. He points to certain policies that were enacted that, that ruined that. And you oh, see yeah. that, you know, the the politics today is just pushing like it's envy and hate. And that's how you, you just destroy communities that way. Like you, you brought up earlier, you like, you see someone who's super successful. You're like, what did he do to do that? Well, now the, the common thing is I hate him because he took from someone to get that. Yeah. Instead of asking themselves, Hey, obviously what I'm doing is not working. I mean, I need to have a go, go have a conversation with that person and be like, well, what choices did you, did you make to get to where you're at? And then model that behavior. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, though, that we have that mindset today because the game is rigged now. For sure. I mean, and so it hasn't it? It's kind of. And I don't know. That's if nothing we, new either. Yeah, I don't know if there's like this intuition that like humans tend to like just have this understanding that like mm, something's like this isn't right, and so people that have I don't know. Probably not. I think it's probably more of just the the give me attitude don't have to work for stuff that mm -hmm. the state creates this high different time high time preference society yeah, thing. incentives right um i forgot what i was gonna say i had a point i went off on a tangent this is my problem i do this all the time i go <laughs> off on a tangent and i forget what the uh what the reason i went on the tangent was for um oh, well. you're in good company then yeah and of course it was you know it was the point it was going to drive everything home and everyone's going, oh, i absolutely <laughs> agree with you i'm going to go get baptized as a uh, catholic tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> but now I forgot it. Then we're, you know, we have to still live in this. Oh, I kind of remember. I remember now. Um, it's, I feel like a lot of people allow themselves to make the excuse, oh, the game's rigged. And so it's not my fault. It's the state's fault. Mm -hmm. If the government wasn't here, then, oh, I, I'd be so much wealthier. I wouldn't have this, uh, have these problems and everything. And it's like, man, Which is half true. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly, it's certainly the case that the state, is there and it, and it hampers you and everything. But if you're a libertarian, then you understand those obstacles. Mm -hmm. and, and if you understand those obstacles, them. you should be put, be able to put yourself in a better situation to right to be able to navigate them better as opposed to just getting smacked in the face by, by something that you had no idea that was coming. Mm -hmm. So like, I really think, and this is why, you know, religion and, and that kind of thing helps us take more personal responsibility for our actions that it that it kind of leads us to in in our everyday lives it helps you not to just blame other people other things it's like you should like yes i committed the sin that was my i have free will that was my fault that i did that i need to make amends 
you know, be contrite, do whatever I got to do to fix that. So it makes you take accountability. And so that can kind of permeate into your economic life and your other, other social aspects of your life is when something wrong, something goes wrong, you don't just blame all these external things. It's like at the end of the day, the only, only one, only person, only thing that you can control is yourself and your property. Yeah. And that's really yourself. And I think that all goes into, right. I think that all goes into self-ownership. Right. Because with self-ownership, owning yourself, you have to have self-discipline and self-accountability. And if something, things are going to go wrong. I mean, we're, like I said before, we're humans. We're not God. We don't have perfect information and perfect knowledge. We're going to make mistakes. And the world's goofy, you know. Right. But like I come from the, uh, the petrochemical industry, you know, really, you know, heavy industry and, you know, we, we really care about safety and the mindset that, that gets drilled in everyone's head is that every accident is preventable. Mm-hmm. And on the surface, you think, no, that's crazy. How can, how can we prevent every accident? But when you drill down to why all these things happened, there's always humans that are making decisions. And at some point, and usually it's not just one bad decision, it's a lot of bad decisions in a row that lead you to this bad situation. So you really need to take this, this really hardcore personal responsibility and, and, and reflect when you make a mistake, something goes wrong. Um, it's very easy and most people will accept your excuse for why it wasn't your fault because it can be some like someone else made a mistake and that messed messed up what you messed up. But you look back and say, well, well, what what did I not do or what what could I have done better to make sure that guy didn't make a mistake? I have an example from work. Um, this is kind of a silly one because it's not not with the heavy heavy industry part of it, but it was about the uh, the break room. So uh, we had a place where we eat lunch. We had a couple of refrigerators, a couple of microwaves, toaster oven, and uh, the outlet wasn't like we were kept tripping, tripping the breaker because we had too much stuff plugged in there. So we put in the work request to, to get that fixed. And uh, so the guys come in and they do whatever repair that they did. And I was in there at lunch one day and they came walking back in and they go, you got to be kidding me. They put a bunch of microwaves plugged into this. And I went to complain to my coworkers. So I can't believe those guys like to go into a break room, see a bunch of microwaves there. And they didn't like, you know, do, do the electrical workup so that we could run a couple microwaves in there. And he goes, did you tell them that's what you were wanted to do? Or did you just, just do <laughs> assume that they were going to know what your intentions were? And I was like, ah, 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 come on, man, you're not supposed to make me have to blame myself for this, but something like and that. It stings. it stings. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, own up to stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's why it takes that, like it's, it's that lower, even, even, even in this situation, situations like that, little simple things where you're relying on other people to do stuff because we have to, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way the world works is, is doing other, interacting with other people. Division of labor. Taking, right. Taking that little extra time, that little extra step up front, it may not be the most convenient thing, but make sure that you're doing what you got to do to make sure that the other people are set up to make good decisions too. Mm-hmm. even though someone else made the mistake, what could you have done? You probably could have done something better. Like you've said, Hey, we need to, we, we've got a couple microwaves and that's overloading the system. We need to be able to run a couple microwaves and be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll put an extra plug, 20 amp, da, 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 run the wire. Boom. Done. Yep. Good. Yeah. And they could have done that very easily or, you know, whatever, you know, but, but now they're, so it's like, they're frustrated. I'm frustrated. And, and, and the problem didn't get solved. Right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
that's that's the thing. Like that's what I think is very helpful too. Is like you take take these little things, little things that happen in your life, and look at them, kind of run through them in your head, and they're because they're probably microcosms for the rest of your life and for the mm-hmm. rest of your world. Yeah, it's a it's a learning experience. You either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. You know what you do with that is on you. Um, and uh, yeah, now I lost my thought. I've only had one cup of coffee today, so oh, nice. I slept in. I'm I'm a machinist by trade, so oh nice. It's been really hot in the shop, so I yeah. had I had like longer hair, and I kind of I just got really hot the other day, and I pulled a Pedro. Oh nice, yeah. <laughs> and just shaved my head. <laughs> so it's so nice. <laughs> That's all. I I always cut my. It was funny during like the lockdowns. I was like, I just want to get a haircut, and so I just gotta run upstairs to the bathroom and grab the clippers and just zip. Dude, it's so much easier. And uh, I mean, I haven't had my hair this short since I got out of the army. So it's, it's, it's been pretty nice. But well, the other uh, thing, the convenience for me is I can't, like when I grow my hair out, it just goes straight out. And it's <laughs> awful. So uh, for the sake of uh, anyone that ever has to look at me, it's, it's better that I keep it, keep it tight. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Well, I think that, uh, I think that might be a natural stopping point there. Yeah. Go ahead and plug everything you got because you know you got your own show and yeah I know I've Thank heard you. you on um I know I've heard you make appearances on other shows too so. mm-hmm. yeah uh, I'm Ronald McFlugel so uh, website is McFlugel.com where you can find we uh, we run a blog there been doing the blog for uh, actually the end of August is going to be like might be like eight years or oh, so wow. we've been doing it yeah we've been doing that for a while we've when we got the podcast over there the Rollo and Slappy show so with the uh, Slappy Jones, who started the website with me. We've had a podcast going for, for a couple of years now. And then uh, also libertymugs.com. That's the, uh, the mug website we run. So uh, obviously libertarian and uh, Bitcoin-themed mugs and T-shirts and a couple other knickknacks. So I uh, have a lot of fun with that. So yeah, and that you can find you know, everything, everything that we're, uh, we're at with that website, but also on Twitter, at Rollo McFlugel. Uh, always like to hear from people doing a lot of stuff with uh, Bitcoin recently, answering a lot of questions that, that people ask us um, with the podcast on Bitcoin. So if you have any Bitcoin questions you're interested in getting answered, um, we're in the middle of doing doing a bunch of episodes on that. So hit us up. Yeah, I got to listen to those because I'm totally ignorant on Bitcoin. I'm still, I'm Gen X, barely. But <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, I guess I'm a boomer. Hey, uh, hey <laughs> I, there, the there's plenty of boomers that got into <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of boomers that uh, that got Bitcoin. So um, yeah. if I if I can figure this stuff out, anyone can. Right. Yeah, I've been investing in precious metals for a long time now. Um, lead, copper, brass, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. It was really fun talking to you. Finally, kind of getting to you know, quote unquote, meet you and everything. And uh, hopefully, we can do it again. You always got open door here for you. Thanks, man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. 